Take RFM Dunedin with you wherever you go with podcasts and live streaming of Primo local content. Download the Access Internet Radio app for free from Google Play and the Apple App Store. This programme was first broadcast on RFM Dunedin and made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Welcome to Headscarves and Good Yarns with me, Amal Abdullahi. This podcast is all about talking about race and diversity and everything in between, all in the hopes of empowering a more empathetic Aotearoa. Today is really, really special because, first of all, we're recording outside of the studio, so there's a new experience for us, and we'll see how it goes. And also, I have two very special people here with me today, and I've like, wanted to meet you guys for a long time, so I'm so honoured that this is actually happening. But I have Julian Sarad here with me. Do you guys want to say kia ora? Kia ora. Kia ora. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Headscarves and Good Yarns in Dunedin. Thanks for having us. <laughs> How's it um, all going so far with your pod? Oh, just to give everyone a um, context, <laughs> Julian Sarade are recording their own podcast series. Um, it's called Where Are You Really From? And Oh, no. no. So Where Are You Really From is a platform that Julie has created for sharing stories. Content. Content. Oh, my apologies. People. Sorry. Yes. The podcast that Julie and I are co-producing and presenting is called Conversations with My Immigrant Parents. Oh, apologies. I'm so sorry. I just Good. saw all the social media handles as that. So, oh, my library from really too, right? Why yeah. not? You said it right that time. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, with the podcast, tell tell us more about that. Like, how did it even begin? Like, where did the idea um, come no, I didn't from? I said right. Yes. <laughs> uh, where did the idea come from? Um, the idea came from... Um, okay, so I did a show... I've been doing a show for a couple years, or I've been doing a show for, like, a year and a half called Drowning in Milk, which is a show where I make drinks for people at a bar and I talk about experiences with whiteness and experiences my family's experiences moving to a white uh, predominantly European immigrant country mm-hmm. um, and after I did the show I started talking to my mum more about her experiences immigrating here from Sri Lanka so then I started thinking about how people um, about how first gen kids connect with their parents and what stories we don't share and stuff and then New Zealand and I had this fund and it was like I had this like really small start of an idea and then me and Julie started talking about it and it became like a way better way bigger way cooler idea and then we yeah put in this proposal for a podcast called Conversations with my immigrant parents. Mm. Oh, that is so cool. And then for you, Julie, what what attracted you to the project? Yeah, well, I think um, just over the last few years, because I've been more and more aware of just how much internalised racism I grew up with, um, and having the language and tools and understanding now to unpack all of that. So more and more I'm really interested in stories um, of people of colour in Aotearoa, um, stories that haven't been heard, voices that are underrepresented, and also um, another aspect is just like our role as Tauiwis, um, people, migrants to this land, um, our ships to the land, Tantafenua, and our responsibilities um, around that. So I think all of that kind of culminates in, yeah, just an interest in what... Um, 
what immigrant stories are about, how we can tell them with more nuance. Uh, and I think just in my circle of friends of um, people of colour, I think there's there's something to be said about our relationships with our parents and that in a lot of my friends um, there's a lot of like fractured relationships as well that maybe some of that comes from having um, different perspectives that you grow up with that your parents grew up with um, and maybe there's language barriers maybe there's just different cultural understandings um, but seeing how parents relate to their kids in kind of a Eurocentric way but having a different experience of that myself um, and yeah yeah also wanting to tell these stories as yeah. people who've gone through them like yeah. so much of the immigrant stuff we get to hear about I feel like is produced or presented or written or somehow controlled by Europeans so yeah. I think also I think we were saying this I was saying this today um a lot of the time when you hear of immigrant stories, uh, a lot of the time it's told from the child perspective, the more assimilated um, into the Western culture diaspora child. Uh, and some of those tropes are that the parents or grandparents don't understand come from an older, more traditional, conservative worldview, and that's where that culture clashes. But um, giving voice to the parents to be able to articulate for themselves what their experiences are, I think, yeah, being able to provide that agency is really and important as well. Man, I feel that so bad, like, growing up as, you know, first generation, my parents coming over here from Somalia, I yeah, 100% agree, and it's so nice that you have the podcast to give a voice to that struggle, because I don't think a lot of people understand it, and I think for children of migrant parents, I feel like we're stuck in this in-between place. Like, parents don't really understand ourselves, like, kids at school are not going to understand us as well, because they're all they like grew up here this is their home so they just don't understand how much of a struggle it can be um, what kind of things have come up in your podcast so far if you don't mind sharing what kind of like themes or stories yeah themes oh my like, god because um, everyone obviously is going to have their own special story but I'm just yeah. curious as to if there's any like themes that are kind of coming through like recurring mm. Oh, I'm not sure about recurring things, but I was going to say that I think for us it's important that the stories that we get from the parents and kids um, don't always revolve just around being an immigrant, but maybe mm. how being an immigrant informs other aspects of their lives. Mm. Like this one that we're recording in Dunedin, um, we found that like how the um, parent and kid deal with relationships, like romantic relationships, mm. oh. um, Ooh, and the differences, different one. values, Ooh. and um, yeah, that was kind of surprising and different and nuanced, um, and it's informed by their different lived experiences as being born in New Zealand or um, an immigrant as an adult, but yeah, yeah, not specifically about maybe racism that they faced as an immigrant. It's like you can't you can't untangle the two things, you know. Obviously, they're linked, mm. and it's cool to just feel one in the present, like feel the presence of one in the experience of the other, kind of thing. Like, I'm, you're never gonna separate being the person of color from being a woman, for example. But talking about it in a way that isn't like, I don't know, not just in, purely, I face racism, yeah, I face racism, but yeah. I face an intersection of what those might be. Yeah, and this is, and this is how the experience comes out for me. Mm, yeah, I like that because 
even yeah we all navigate these things no matter where we're from but depending on where we're from we see it from a different point of view or yeah the way we value it is different like all these things are really important so it's cool that you get to highlight that as well mm. yeah. um, within the, the podcast that you can remember yeah well I was going to say that mm. I feel like I feel like something I've really seen in so many families is all of the kids have this deep most most if no I'd say all of the kids have and when I say kids I'm not referring to like children they're from a wide range of yeah, ages yeah ages you know but that's just how instead of saying like spawn or like offspring <laughs> we say kids anyway um, kids works yeah, yeah. Kids, you know what I mean it's very nice kids um like have this fucking really deep gratitude for their parents and like way more of a kind of most of the kids have this quite whole like this quite full circle view of what their parents have gone through to get here or this real like this real I mean obviously it's love because it's parents and children but it's like this really cool thing where we're watching people express gratitude for their current lives Mm. I really love that because that's also not the narrative as well sometimes you know it's like it's you see a lot of things when people are rebelling you see a lot of things where it's like I don't like what you wanted for me and I want to make my own way and of course that can still be there but that's not what we're yeah I think that's something you don't see as much as like an appreciation or awareness comprehension of that sacrifice that parents have made and some of these parents have like gone through so much so um, much which I guess yeah I, that wasn't the experience of my parents even though they went through a lot but some of these parents yeah um, I was thinking of that theme where one parent talked about how even though the kid has this desire to um, that or has this perception that their parents are more aware or sit better in their culture um, and that the kid wants to be like sitting in that but um, the parents saying that also because they've gone through colonisation that they don't like their um, culture isn't like 100% authentic either and um, it's kind of a. I know. What, no, like you gotta the pressure of your parents. Yo, you're gonna have to listen to this yeah, fucking episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, not give it away. Yeah, yeah it's like it's like good. someone Spoilers. being like someone being like I'm not I'm not immersed in my culture enough, and the parents being like, yeah, well, the thing that you think your culture is isn't even what it really is because of colonization. And then we're sitting there in the room. We're sitting there in the room being like, (gasps) wow. (laughs) Do you reckon that would have been the first time that they would have had that kind of conversation, you reckon? Potentially. My gosh, imagine realizing that during recording. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it was cool. It was really good. And that, like, like, I'd never thought of no. that. I totally think that, like, that my family have a better idea of what Chinese yeah. is, but. And I said that to you afterwards. I was like, I don't think, I don't think my, like, that's that's a particular kind of progressiveness or a particular kind of like militance about about that awareness that I don't, I don't think my family has. Yeah. Mm. That's something that I honestly haven't considered before either, actually. My parents are like really, really traditional. They come straight from the motherland, so yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> so they they wouldn't think like that either. I don't right? think they, they would think, think yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. 
But now yeah, I, I feel like I should just, yeah, maybe I feel like I should just ask them, you know? Yeah. You never know. Because, like, I remember the last time I had a big, whoa, not, like, on that level, mm. but, like, I always thought my dad grew up in Somalia, mm. but he actually, like, grew up in Ethiopia most of the time. And that was like, for me, I was like, oh, what? <laughs> like, I, I thought you were from yeah, Somalia. Yeah. And then, so we had this whole conversation about there's actually one part of Ethiopia where a lot of Somali people live. And so they low-key kind of consider that part of Somalia, even though it technically isn't. Oh my god! And I was just like, wait, what? And by the way, you could go so much of your life not knowing that fundamental fact. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So I was just like, whoa! Like mm. that really blew my mind when we had that conversation. Mm. Yeah. Have you guys that. had a moment like that? With our own family. Mm. Oh um, yeah, I've not. Oh yeah, yeah. So I went to Sri Lanka for the first time last year. So my mum's, my mum was born in Lanka, and she came here when she was like seven, I think. Oh God, I think she was seven. Um, but her, so my grandmother's Singaporean Indian, and my mum's dad was Sri Lanka. Mm-hmm. So my mum grew up in Sri Lanka, but my grand moved there from Singapore to be with my granddad. Mm-hmm. But we always just. In New Zealand, our culture, cultural identity, I guess, kind of got diluted into, like, being Sri Lankan or, like, being Indian. Like, I would kind of often just say that I'm Indian because it was kind of easier. I don't know. I mean, people do know what Sri Lanka is, but do you know what I mean? Like, it was kind of easier to just kind of go into this bigger South Asian collective group rather than be like, I'm Sri Lankan. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why I did it, really, but... Then I went to Sri Lanka and I went to Singapore and I realised that, oh, because my grandmother raised me, like, I was like, oh my God, I was raised by a Singaporean person. Like, my grandma's very Singaporean and she, like, she likes Singaporean food and she just likes Singapore and she kind of didn't like Sri Lanka that much in some ways. And it was interesting to go there and be like, oh, Sri Lanka's this part of my family, Singapore's this part of my family, and we are both we're both yeah instead of yeah and also and also I went and I had a meeting with the theatre in Singapore and talked to them about some work and stuff and the way that they talk about different Asian countries and how specific they are about identity I was like damn we come to New Zealand and we really put things into little blobs and we really make it palatable for Europeans because they don't know the differences between different Asian countries they don't know that you know one country is developing one country is really advanced they group it together and we sometimes group ourselves together to make it easier for them which we shouldn't do that which we shouldn't do talking about that though why yeah everyone thinks like all Asians are the same Mm. but then everyone's shook when they realise that India is actually like part of Asia as well for real it's (laughs) It's so so weird it's so stupid people really need to learn how to be like East Asian South Asian Southeast Asian Mm. yeah totally I still have that like um, internalized in me that I when I say Asian sometimes I mean Chinese or vice versa and it's really bad because the terms are not changeable but Mm. it's just like something I need to unlearn it's yeah it's wild and I like I'm so done with making anything about my identity more comfortable for people who can't be fuck trying to get it like Mm. I agree that's why like anytime I come across someone who's ethnic and they have like an easier version of their name to say and I'm like no you should try to get people to say your name at least like just don't cave in and then have some weird ass nickname (laughs) like 
that doesn't fit in with what your parents want. Like, they gave you that name for a reason. Like, it's more than just a name. It carries your tradition and your legacy. So she get people to try. That can be hard, though. Like, especially if you get used to seeing yourself as a different name. I have, like, my name, Julie. It's not my legal name. Um, But it's the name that my family, all my family calls me. And, like, I've known people. I was doing this theatre show, and there was um, someone who went by... Um, Molly the whole time that we knew her and then through the theatre show which was kind of talking about Chineseness and owning up what that meant in Aotearoa um, and through the course of the season she then decided to reclaim her Chinese name mm-hmm. and now goes by that which is Tanya even though it's harder for people to say and I was like that is so bold and I'm, just, I'm not at that stage where I can do that and maybe I never will be um, partially just because of my different, I guess, having grown up here most of my life and being so used to one form of identity. Um, but yeah, I still struggle with my last name because um, I pronounce my last name wrong a lot of the time just because it feels easier and I'm, I'm super aware of it. Um, yeah, I, I just think it's like a sound that people can't make in English and it feels more painful to have people mispronounce it. Oh, I see what you mean. the way that I can comprehend like the way I'm used to having it mispronounced if that makes sense right that makes sense as well yeah, yeah it's more I hurtful that, that it's like really what do you call it like you hear someone you hear someone butchered like butcher real bad yeah right. um, compared to how I butcher it <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, there's a difference because it's coming from you as opposed to <laughs> you set the tone. Yeah, I think that's a really, I think that's a really good point. I also haven't considered that perspective as well. Like people trying and then like just murdering it so bad, it's like oh, actually don't. It's like so <laughs> down. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that all that stuff. Yes, I, I don't know stuff. I mean, as much as I just said that I'm like refuse to change or shrink, or I'm trying to refuse to change or shrink at the moment. Like, also any any form of doing that, it's just self-preservation. You know, it's like sometimes you wake up and you can't be bothered saying the exact thing that you yeah. feel. Like sometimes you just need to do the thing that's easier, and that's all good so too okay. like that's yeah. so Completely fine. fine we're humans because you got to survive <laughs> yeah. yeah and everyone's on a different part of that journey yeah. you can't force someone to use their correct ethnic name um, if they're not ready to or they don't want to mm. just because it feels like the woke liberal thing to do I had a I don't even have an ethnic name my name is Sarayed and it's Celtic but everyone like sees the way I look and they think it's ethnic um, you know if ethnic means non-white which it does um, or which is how we use it um, and I, I had this like one day a few months ago where I had like this big day with someone I worked with trying to explain this cultural context to them mm-hmm. and it was like a lot of time that I spent trying to convey this perspective as a person of colour to someone who was white and then I went and did a radio interview and the person that interviewed me said my name wrong multiple times and I could not be bothered to correct I was just like I was exhausted by the thing that happened to me two minutes before and I was like you know go ahead I just right now yeah like I should have done it in the first three seconds after five minutes it was too long and I was just like go ahead (laughs) how out of curiosity how do they pronounce it it's not 
it's kind of, well, people say my name a whole lot of ways, but this person was kind of like Cerise, and, and then they just sort of trailed off. You know, it's oh, like if they don't come that, into it, then no one knows they said it wrong. That's crack up, yeah. It's, it's so funny when, when that, that one happens. Um, so you guys mentioned growing up here. Yeah. You grew up here? Yeah, we both did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you yeah, yeah, so <laughs> Were you yeah. like really young when you guys came here or were you like so born here? here. So I was born here. I was born in Hamilton. I used to live in Hamilton, really? like primary school, intermediate, and then a bit of high school oh, there. Really? Oh, I think you might have told us. Yeah. Do you what say what a place? What a place. What a place. I can't remember that. I mean, I was there. I lived there till I was 10, so. That's pretty, pretty, yeah, but it was just like me and my great and my mom kind of chilling, so I liked Hamilton. I mean, it wasn't bad, but whew, I don't think stuff I'd, goes down, man. Yeah, I think if I had been a teenager there, I would have felt differently. <laughs> when did you, like, so you, 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 your teenage years there? Um, yeah, I did most of my growing up. We actually started off in Auckland for a little bit, but I don't really remember much from Auckland. And then we went to Palmerston North for a bit. Um, and yeah, uh, my sister was born there. She was the first out of our like family, out of the kids to be born in New Zealand. And then, yeah, we moved to Hamilton and we stayed there for quite a wee while. And then my family moved to um, Lower Hutt and we've been there ever since then. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Mm. You went to quite small places. Yeah, I think just my dad got itchy feet. He kind of just went where the work was. What does he do? Um, he he's a like microbiologist by study. The same that's thing you're studying. Yeah, that's what, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's what he did at uni. But then he came to New Zealand. They didn't really recognise his qualifications. Yeah. So he had to restudy. But he couldn't like be bothered and also expensive to do PhD again. So yeah, he just stopped enough. with masters, did some lab technician stuff, and then all of a sudden, oh really randomly, got into um, refugee work. Oh, so amazing. he set up the refugee centre in Hamilton, oh, yeah. and then that led into Ministry of Education. So he spent quite a long time at the Ministry of Education. Yeah, and then now he's just moved over to Ministry of Health. So yeah, he's kind of amazing. done it all. Yeah, <laughs> he's yeah he's amazing. And he's kind of just done it all, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we've moved around a lot whenever opportunities come around. Yeah. My dad ups and goes. <laughs> yeah. Really cool. Lowell couldn't be, couldn't, couldn't do it, didn't want to do another PhD because too expensive. I got the same subject. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, not worth <laughs> Um What were we talking about? Oh, yeah, where well, you guys grew up, yeah. I grew up in East Auckland. Um, that's, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> I don't know a lot about Auckland, to be honest. Is East okay. Auckland like the, Auckland? the gang area that I've heard about? Um, Is it? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's like gangs of old white people. Um, oh, never mind. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like 50% very conservative old white people and then 50% new migrants. Well, that's what it is now. Probably different when I was growing up there. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, don't have heaps to say. They're very conservative in East Auckland, and I wish they were. Well, yeah, sounds very conservative with the the makeup that you just said. Oh, what was yeah. that like for you guys, like growing up here? Uh, well, I I'm, I kind of moved around so much when I was a kid that I don't really know what was it like growing up. Uh, what was it like growing up in terms of 
like cultural mm. identity or was it hard like reconciling the Kiwi side? Lots of places where you were probably the only person of colour, maybe like. Um, did you? Know? I didn't. I didn't live no, in Abbotsford. I didn't live in Abbotsford. Like I've li- okay, so I lived in Hamilton until I was ten. Then I moved to Auckland for a bit. Then I lived in Tauranga. Then I lived in Christchurch. Then I lived in Wellington. Oh, and then whoa. I lived in Auckland. But I spent quite a lot of time in like Dunedin. I spent like time in different places as well because of various reasons. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, I feel I kind of get. I think I get a bit sick of my own narrative because I feel like. So I'm, so my mum's Sri Lankan and my dad's white, and I feel like that whole half brown, half white narrative kind of dominates the dominates this whole thing a little bit. This like whole space. You mean? Well, yeah, you know, I, I, yeah, I, I hear a lot of like half white people's stories, and I think that I get sick of it. But um, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't. I never. You know. Well, Sri Lankan people don't really see me as Sri Lankan, or Indian, Asian people don't see me as Asian, really. White people just see me as kind of, like, weird, so... And it's a bit of a weird space. But I always... I just really liked being around brown people more than I liked being around white people. (laughs) Does that answer the question? I don't know. Kind kind of, kind Kind of. of. It sounds like you kind of had a mixed everything. Like, yeah, different... Um, locations, different, homes, different cultures, different, different people. Yeah, I was primarily raised by my grandmother and my mother. Yeah, and they were both brown, so maybe that influences who I feel comfortable around. Yeah, I will say when you get a whole like group of room of brown people together, oh. it's such a fun time. Always, always What's like there's it? always drama. <laughs> you know, but everyone's always the laughing laughs. and. Something I've been thinking about, like all the homes that we've gone into on our journey reporting these stories, I felt so comfortable and so quickly, and I just don't think that I feel that way in homes of white people, and that's on God. And that's the tea. (laughs) Um, We do have to wrap up this episode, um, but it was lovely chatting to you guys. Thank you so much for being on Head Scarfs and Good Yarns, and thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll catch you the next episode. See you all. Take RFM Dunedin with you wherever you go with podcasts and live streaming of Primo local content. Download the Access Internet Radio app for free from Google Play and the Apple App Store. This programme was first broadcast on RFM Dunedin and made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air.